Welcome back to Correct Me If I'm Wrong. It's uh, It's been a while, Neil. It's been a month. It has been a while. Yeah. We had a... Um, we recorded a uh, <laughs> a lost episode, I guess. Yeah. But we're not going to release it. Yeah. We recorded an episode. I didn't, Listening back to it, I don't want it to be released. Um, even like after we recorded it, we were like kind of iffy on it. Um, but yeah, it's... It's lost forever. It's gone. Um, it's sad, but we're 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 not in per. This is the first episode we're not in person together. And on that episode, we explained why. So I guess we have to explain why all over again. Right. Yeah, we explained that episode the day before John moved. He legit moved from LA to Boston for a new job. Freaking okay. moved across the country. Yeah. So. Um, and I'll tell you, what. John, talk about your moving experience. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. It's moving is expensive very expensive don't i don't recommend it um unless you really like the job which is the reason why i moved um and i like boston a lot too but yeah my moving experience it was like god it was just awful like well first it started in la with all that stuff with with trying to sell my furniture i had to find a replacement for me a roommate for neil and I had to sell a bunch of, try to sell a bunch of furniture because it was just going to be more, it was going to be less expensive to just buy new stuff instead of getting a mover to move all my, all my stuff over. Uh, and I think I only ended up selling my chair, my OP seat. And then what was the other thing? My keyboard, which is, I wish I would have sold more than just those two. Those are probably two of the least expensive things in my room but uh yeah i uh, sold things trying to find a roommate and then i came here uh, well i had to get my car shipped too which was super expensive and my car barely like i un- i overestimated how big my car was because i could barely fit anything into that thing uh i'm used to having a jeep and now i don't have a jeep so i was very upset about that and then I had to bring a I had to buy an extra suitcase because I didn't have enough room in my suitcases and that was like a pain in the ass to to bring around the airport and I had to bring it here and I had to wait here for like an hour because the front desk wasn't open here to give me keys and let me move in and I had to wait for an hour with my suitcases in the lobby with just my phone also I forgot to charge my phone like an idiot and I was after my red eye flight, I was at like 10% chilling in the lobby. Like I was super worried. I wasn't going to be able to get a lift to my place and stuff. It was super stressful. But then I, once I got everything here, I got a mattress, got a bunch my, my apartment's just done by now, which is great because I work, my job has, my job's like has overtime every day, basically. Um, so I have no time to, to get furniture now. So thank God I did everything. I like my place. It's pretty nice. And, uh, I got some nice furniture that I like a lot. Uh, yeah, it, God, it's moving sucks though. I just like looking at my bank account after that. It took such a fucking dent and it's so sad to watch. I hated it. But uh, yeah, I, I also hate moving. I can't imagine like moving across the country to Boston with such short notice too. And right after we signed this lease, yeah, I know 
Yeah, there's still like things aren't done. Like there's still stressful things happening because we still have to find we still haven't found someone to replace me. Like this is just it, there's still things that need to be done to finish this move. And it's I've been here for like two weeks now. It does not feel like I've been here for two weeks, but I have been. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, how's uh, how's being alone, Neil? Um, it's kind of. <sighs> So, well, first off, last week I dislocated my shoulder ski. <laughs> yeah. And I was so pissed because it was like the start of the new year, like just finished traveling, like everything, like getting settled in, finished my eye surgery, recovering, like everything's going to be perfect. You know, I had a plan, go to the gym every day, like take classes, take kickboxing, yoga, like workout, tennis. I'm active every single day, um, you know, up until the next holiday. And then the first thing I do, I go skiing. I'm like going down to Black Diamond first time. Conditions aren't great. And like some snowboarder slams into me. And um, I'm like, okay, well, I got to do it again because like I fell. First time I fell in the entire season in two years. I didn't fall last year either. So I just try to be like riskier, like do challenge myself going harder hills. So, um, first one snowboarder sounds into me i try it again um so i'm going down pretty aggressive and then my skis the skis they gave me were like really short for some reason um like you know how they're usually supposed to be like at as tall as you are well the guy convinced me to get them to my like shoulder basically because he said they're spring conditions i'm not a huge skier so i don't know (laughs) what that means i'm like okay i'll just listen to you because you do this professionally (laughs) So I got the short skis and it, they felt really slippery. Like I felt like I did not have control at all. So I'm going down the hill and I turn, I turn a little too much and I slip and I fall and immediately like my shoulder hits the hill and I feel it pop. And I'm like, oh fuck, uh. I think I dislocated my shoulder again. And then I'm just sliding down the hill for 30 seconds, like with my arm dangling trying to like avoid poles coming up and stuff oh. <laughs> Yikes. it was wait you dislocated, dislocated your shoulder before yeah during what i got it i got it was like a friendly fight at my oh, frat because yeah, yeah, like we always do these stupid fights yeah. and then i like pulled him down really stupidly and landed on my shoulder <laughs> and it's the most painful thing i've ever experienced because you know like when you pull your arm like you stretch it too yeah. much and it hurts yeah. So imagine that feeling continuously for like two hours straight. Ow. It's not fun. And it just gradually gets worse and worse and worse. So, uh, and just visually seeing your arm out of its socket is very uh, (laughs) disturbing. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. So I tried to pop it back in myself, but the ski guy came and put me on like some sled and just like snowmobile me <laughs> with like while I'm on a sled, just like in pain with like my arm out of its snowmobile socket. is shame, dude. Yeah. Everyone laughed at your ass. For <laughs> Ever, yeah, well, everyone was like, look, I was like, God damn it. But whatever. Looks badass. <laughs> Looks badass. Like you tried something. All <laughs> legitimately all you did was like fall on a turn. Yeah, I know. It's so stupid. People are doing like crazy jumps and flips, and I just like turned <laughs> and dislocated my shoulder. Yeah. So you have to get surgery? Yeah. So I talked, I met with the. Uh, so, okay. So basically, if you dislocate your shoulder more than once, you almost have to get surgery, especially if you're young, uh, because it becomes easier to get popped out. Yeah. 
So I saw the orthopedic surgeon. He's a really cool guy. He had like a blazer and like <laughs> Oakley glasses. Wait, what? <laughs> During your and doctor? And two residents just like following him. During yeah. a doctor's appointment, he was just wearing a blazer and Oakley sunglasses. Yeah, he's like a cool, Oakley normal. He's like a cool sports celebrity doctor that operates on like professional athletes. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so he was so. wait sunglasses or normal Oakley? No, normal glasses, okay. but they're like Oak. They're like sport yeah, yeah. glasses, like Oakley sport glasses. Dang, Go, you're going to the wait. Where was this doctor at? At um USC. He's like a wow. professor of orthopedic surgery, so he's like legit. Damn. I got to check out the athletes. He, uh, he's like the shoulder guy. He's the shoulder guy. Uh, That's what everyone told me. <laughs> this guy's the shoulder guy. He knows everything's about yeah, shoulders. You're, like, you're lucky. You're seeing the shoulder. Guy. <laughs> you're in the- and he just like comes in with like two <laughs> residents wheeling around computers, just like writing down everything he <laughs> says. A fucking blazer. They should yeah. make. Di- <laughs> and he's just like casually having a conversation with me while like yelling like diagnoses. <laughs> uh, that's what they badass. should make. Instead of wearing scrubs, doctors should wear blazers. <laughs> should wear full out yeah, tuxedos because they could afford it because they're doctors, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like I can show some. Class. I can dispose of this tux. I can afford to to just dispose of this tux <laughs> after this appointment. So <laughs> it gets blood all over it. <laughs> Don't need to wash Don't it. Don't need to. I, I can afford it. I'm a, I'm a I'm a fucking shoulder guy. All right. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, so, one surgery. Um, I'm waiting on insurance to approve the MRI and CT scan because they're very expensive. So I'll get those and then meet with the doctor again. And then I don't know when he's going to schedule the surgery. Okay. Um, so, and the thing is the surgery is it's like arthroscopic surgery. So they'll put me under anesthetic. So luckily I'll be asleep Mm. and they, probably won't have to fully open up the joint they'll just like go in with needles through the arm and repair whatever tissue so it doesn't dislocate again okay but the worst part is is like i'll be out for multiple weeks like a few months probably three months out like uh out like uh working out and stuff physically yeah that sucks yeah which will yeah suck ass because I mean, just the past week, two weeks, I haven't been able to work out and I just feel like shit. Yeah. So could you like run and stuff? I can bike. He said I can bike and do leg press and a one arm plank. (laughs) But going to the gym is hard enough. Like working out is hard enough. And having to deal with like a shoulder that might pop out of its socket is just makes working out so much more annoying. Yeah. You know, I'd probably feel confident if that would happen to me, I'd probably bike, but I don't like biking either at the gym. I like treadmill better, uh, but I could, I could right. probably treadmill's bad for your knees. You should, you should bike. Um, why? Um, why is treadmill bad for your yeah. knees? Cause it's constant like pressure on your knees. Everybody I know that runs a lot like uh, Emily's parents, they both had to get like knee surgeries and hip surgeries. Yeah, I have heard, I've heard long distance running recently. I heard long distance running is not good for you. Um, but short, yeah, just destroys the car stuff. Um, yeah, I should, I I don't know. It's because bike. it's cause on treadmill, I'm like forced to go a certain speed, but on a bike I'm not. So, and I'm lazy. So on a bike, I usually just give up way easier. And then on a treadmill, I'm not, I'd like the only way I could give up is by pressing stop. And that's harder. 
than just on a bike and like slowing down. That makes sense. Oh, I guess that's the point of Peloton because you have someone yelling at yeah. you so you can't slow down. Yeah, it's like... Okay, that makes then, sense. <laughs> have you seen that commercial? What's the commercial? The Planet Fitness commercial where like they're doing a biking class and the ladies like yelling at all, like making fun of the people who are going the slowest. They should. Oh, really? Yeah, they like ma- they're making fun of Peloton. But I honestly think that that would be hilarious if I were in a Peloton class where where the ladies just like, oh, John, you bitch fourth last place <laughs> come on slow start going faster and like everyone's laughing at you like that would motivate me yeah i would like yeah that. um yeah fun to, what a what a i mean it's been a month since we posted an episode so i guess we have a lot to talk about but lots happen. right yeah i forget what uh what we talked about in the last episode you know what if you guys want the episode you have to contact us and they will send you the audio file yeah right? maybe um <laughs> yeah neil just said something he's kind of embarrassed about i was embarrassed by myself the whole episode um and it's also an episode with sam so you'll have to listen to that too so i i don't even know what you said that was bad i, I said one thing that was like kind of I don't well know. so it was like my fi- like at that point in the week it was my final week there and i was exhausted because not only was i trying to move but everyone like wanted to see me like bb and charlie and jeff and everyone wanted to see me and you and i was just doing something and the night before i went out with jeff and um some of his friends and i got very wasted and then we drank some we we drank some before the podcast and at that point it was a mixture of like exhaustion and like being kind of buzzed that i felt like while i was recording it i felt like i was asleep and then listening back, I can like if, if if other people listen to it, they probably wouldn't think anything's wrong with me. But I know like I wasn't in my mind while recording it. So it like feels weird to listen back to it, too. Um, and it's just like a weird like it's just a weird episode. But if if you guys want to hear, we might release it, I guess. Right. Send me the audio file. I'm like very curious okay. now. I feel like this will pique people's curiosity. They'll want to yeah, listen. Probably after. just. Yeah. Um, um, do you want to do? What's the weather like in Boston? Cold. Um, I've actually been. So, you know how everyone's like, "Oh, why does America use um, what are the systems called? Metric and imperial. Which one does America use? Imperial. imperial? You know, everyone. Yeah. Everyone's always like, "Oh, metric's way better." So I was like, "Okay, I'm I'm gonna start like learning Celsius because I don't know anything. I don't know anything about Celsius, and the whole world uses Celsius." So I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna like start using Celsius, see if I like it better." So I've been using Celsius for for two weeks now. Very like hard to get used to at first, but it's been fine. There's like barely a difference. I don't know why. The only like it's easy. It's kind of easier to. It's easy to convert because zero, zero degrees Celsius is 32 degrees Fahrenheit. And I know the freezing points from science or whatever. Um, and I guess there's just le- like it's, I don't know, it's l- like Fahrenheit can range from like negative 10 all the way to like nine to like 100 degrees, whereas Celsius is just like negative 10 Celsius to, to like 30 degrees Celsius. So it's like less of a range, I guess. But I don't know. There's no difference. I, do, I don't know why I'm doing this <laughs> to myself. Well, then you need you need decimals in Celsius. Like I grew up in Canada, so I know both like imperial and metric system. 
and the imperial systems more just for cultural things. You know what I yeah. mean? So like when you talk about people's heights, it's way easier to talk about like six foot or five eleven versus like one hundred and eighty three centimeters. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah, that's you true. Know? So it's, so even though it doesn't make any sense as a numerical system, it's more of a cultural system. Yeah, I agree with that. Like Celsius is supposed to be better scientifically because Celsius like built around like boiling point and freezing point. Right. Um, right. which doesn't really help me actually. Um, but yeah, that's my transition to the weather. The it's been cold. Um, and I don't like, I had to buy, I don't own gloves. So I had to buy gloves and I just bought boots cause I don't own boots either. So it's been, I've been like, it's so cold that I've been like wearing my winter jacket in, in my office, like during work and people think I'm weird probably, but I'm not even hot wearing, like I'm still cold when I have my winter jacket on inside. Like I'm, I got so used to the LA weather somehow. I don't know. I've always hated the cold though. It hasn't been that bad. It's been in 30. It's been in the thirties all week, which is not <laughs> like everyone here is like, no, it's like pretty warm. Like it's, it's pretty warm. It hasn't been snowing at all, but I've been freezing. So pretty warm, huh? Guess what it is right now well, outside me. Let me check. 80 degrees and sunny. Wow. High of 84, low of 57. That sucks. <laughs> it sucks for me because my shoulder sucks. <laughs> and like, this is the month I was supposed to be super yeah, active. It sucks, man. Playing tennis and shit. Absolutely sucks. Meanwhile, I have a fine shoulder and I haven't worked out in like two weeks. So. Yeah. See, okay. See, that's kind of worse because now you, you feel really guilty, yeah, right? Yeah, I do. I don't feel as guilty because I know that like once I recover, I'm just going to go super hard and I have to write off like these few months. So I'll just like play video games and something. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. But I can do like today's the first day I felt guilty because I have been, I've been way too busy. And also the gym I want to use is at work and I can't access that gym until I get my badge and I haven't gotten my badge yet. So I can't go to that gym anyway. There's a gym here that sucks and I could run treadmill there and that's pretty much it. So I, I did feel kind of guilty this morning because I was because this was like the first day where I actually had time to work out. But I was just like, I don't want to um, so, because I'm exa- working still super tiring, even though I'm not working out physically. I'm still pretty exhausted from a long week. So but I should work out. Makes sense. Yeah, you still got to get in your routine. It's still so early, know. you know. Um, yeah, I got to figure out like exactly what I want to do. And if like I like if I like the showers at work, then I can go in before work and and then shower there. But well, I still like I don't have my badge, so I can't explore any of that yet. Hmm. <coughs> All right. Also, I want to bring up something before we officially started. Okay. I was thinking about making it my correct me if I'm wrong, but uh I okay. Know. All right. So uh I noticed that so recently Emily and I went to see the gentleman, okay? Oh, we're gonna talk and about I thought the it, it was in Yeah, I thought it was a very, very good movie. Right? Forgot about it. I was this. very impressed. <laughs> and I thought it was a very cool movie. And then I see your letterbox rating of it. You saw it, I think, the day after I Yeah, because you... you right? And you gave it... Go ahead. 
You gave it a two and a half stars after I gave it five <laughs> stars. So do you want to yeah, sure. you want to explain that sure. a little bit? I mean, maybe maybe you're to somewhat blame for this, dude, for giving it five stars. But I do. You give more movies five stars than I do, so maybe I I hyped it up too much because five stars is a big deal to me in comparison to you. Um, no, I I don't even think it was like your hype up of it. I I just didn't. I don't know. I thought it was kind of sloppy at points and it felt just run of the mill to me, honestly. But then again, this is like, this is more of like, I think you would, you obviously like this movie and this type of movie. I think if Max saw it, our friend Max, he would love it. Like this seems like a Max movie too. I don't know. Just, it's like not something my type of movie. So I came in like, I didn't know what it was about at all, but I was like, uh, I, I'm not that into it. And then I thought like some parts were sloppy. Um, I have to remember what happened in this movie, but I thought some parts were like sloppily written and some, some points felt, um, not, not necessary to me. I'm trying to remember why I exact, it just felt average to me. The two and a half is like average movie for me. And it felt like just an average overall movie to me. I'm not going to remember it that much. I don't know. I'd like, I already forgot it. Interesting. So have you seen any other Guy Ritchie movies? I've seen, I saw one of them. Let me go back to his. I haven't seen Snatch, which is like his best movie, right? I've seen. I think so. I really want to see Snatch. Have you seen Lockstock? No, I haven't seen Lockstock. I've seen Man from Uncle. And. Oh, that's a Guy yeah, Ritchie movie. And I've seen Sherlock Holmes. Oh. Did you, they had there was a guy from or man from Uncle. <laughs> I called a guy from Uncle. Man from Uncle, like a poster in in uh, this movie in The Gentleman. I was like, oh, nice reference. Um. Okay, I I definitely have to see that. I'm a huge. I love Guy Ritchie's style. I just think it's like such a cool style. Yeah, I'm not into his style that much. You know? Um, I'm just not. I but I did like Man from Uncle more than this. Yeah, I gave Man from Uncle a four stars, which I, I well, I went into Man from Uncle being like, I, being like I thought it was going to be an average movie, um, but I also went in because Alicia Vic, Vikander's in it, and it was like right after Ex Machina came out, so I was like, I'm gonna go see this movie because of her because she's hot, and then uh, yeah, Thanks. I just I, I enjoyed it. I also really like Army Hammer, who's in Man from Uncle. He's one of my favorite actors, so he was really cool in it. And then, yeah, I don't know what, the, maybe it was because the man from uncle I thought was going to be bad, but then going into the gentleman, I thought it was going to be really good because of what you said. So maybe it was those expectations that did something. Well, I never said it was really good movie. I said it was a very cool movie. I thought it was extremely cool, which is part of the reason why I gave it five stars. Like it's not a movie like, like an award-winning film. You know what I mean? But I just thought it was extremely cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I just didn't think it was that cool, I guess. But I also. God, but it is so cool. I just cool. don't put that much. I don't put that much stock into a movie being cool, though, I guess. Um, there are a few like, I don't know. I like the one of the coolest movies I've seen is Mich- the newest Mission Impossible. And I still that's I pr- that's probably the coolest movie I've ever seen. And it's still only four stars for me. Um, like a movie being cool, like doesn't get me as hype as different things. And also, I guess maybe I have a different definition of movie cool too. 
All right, then let's let's break this down. A okay. Bit. Did you like the plot? No spoilers. Also, did you like the plot? That's prob the plot is probably my biggest complaint of it. It was really? it was like what was it was just all over the place and predictable at some points and at other points felt I don't know, felt like jumpy. It was just jumping all over the place to like and then there's just a bunch of different obviously there's a bunch of different loose ends and different storylines in the movie that like come together that I I don't think came together in like the coolest way possible. Um like what's that guy's name? Colin Farrell's whole character inside thing was interesting, but didn't really feel necessary. And I love Colin Farrell, but it didn't really feel necessary to me. Um, really? I, I really liked his character. So basically for those of you who haven't seen the movie, they're like four big bosses. You know what I mean? Four big sort of crime bosses each have like their own moral code and they all sort of like get mixed up with each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I thought Colin Farrell's character and group were like really cool. It also gives you like a look into British culture. Did you like the characters themselves? Like the main characters? Mm, I liked the Charlie, Charlie Hunnam's, Hunnam's character. Um, he was like the guy with the gl- glasses. I guess they all had glasses. <laughs> he was like the guy. They had cool glasses yeah, too. They did have cool glasses. I like their glasses. Uh, he was like, he was the guy talking to Hugh Grant the whole time. Um, he was like one of the main characters who worked for Matthew McConaughey. I didn't like Matthew McConaughey's character that much, but that's because I don't like Matthew McConaughey that much in general. Um, I think there's like some movies Matthew McConaughey like really like dazed and confused and then the like true detective but other also the beach bum because in the beach bum Matthew McConaughey like play like he usually just plays him like it feels like he plays himself and then uh, in the beach bum he's completely different but yeah I'm not the biggest fan of Matthew I like Colin Farrell's character I like Charlie Hun- Hunnam's character um yeah i didn't the, the characters they didn't like they weren't like that impressive to me though like i like those characters but they weren't like i wasn't like i guess they were i could see them being badass or cool you know like they're the gentlemen yeah exactly i don't know all right i thought it was cool but uh i don't know i think two and a half star i'm just i'm just surprised that you didn't think it was cool at all and so, and then, okay, I also saw that you gave, you actually bumped down your rating of eighth grade from five to four and a half, right? Um, no, it was never five. Um, yeah, I guess my reviews, it was never five. I thought it was five, but it's always been four and a half. Okay. And what'd you give Lady Bird? Uh, I think that's also to four and a half. Like the this this right here just like shows that I'm not the type of person that would like the gentleman. Like the gentleman is the complete opposite of eighth grade and ladybird. Like those are the movies I type of movies I love. I'm not as into like action cool spy things as I am uh clearly coming of age. Both eighth grade and ladybird are coming of age stories. Both yeah, but they're okay. So I am concerned that you instead of a cool British crime drama <laughs> 
you prefer stories exploring the minds of 13-year-old girls. Um, <laughs> Why is that? Yeah, you called me a pedophile, dude. <laughs> well, I was very angry that you gave it two and a half stars while he gave eighth grade four and a half stars. And there's no logical explanation. Uh, it's I like movies I can relate to more. I've never been a British spy. Why can you relate to a 13-year-old girl it's in more my review, than a even. British gangster? It's in my review. I... In my review of eighth grade, I poke at poke fun at the fact that I can relate to a movie about a 13 year old girl so much. But yeah, I can. I don't know. It's not the 13 year old person. I don't relate to the fact that she was a girl, mostly that she was 13. I was also 13 and in middle school and Lady Bird. I guess Lady Bird's more about coming of age and like your hometown, which is also something everyone has a hometown. But I like movies I can relate to more than. But I, you know, I like movies like I just saw Dunkirk. I gave that four and a half. Um, I've never, I was never in a war. I can't relate to that, but I still think it was a very masterfully made movie. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So now it made me think about eighth grade a little okay. bit. Right. Bo Burnham's first movie feature film put a lot into this. Yeah. You know, this is his first step into cinema. Mm-hmm. And as a grown man, is it a little weird that he made it about the mind of a 13-year-old girl? You know what I mean? He, yeah, I think he like well, he references that in like every interview because I think because the top question he gets is why that and like if you saw this movie you would not think it's directed by a 28-year-old man. Um, I think he, I don't know. I think that, well, he explains it like he wanted, so he wanted to make it about a middle schooler, obviously. And, uh, he wanted, well, he wanted to make a movie about how like social media and like the internet affect middle school. And then he was like, look, so he was doing research by like seeing what he was on YouTube, just like watching 13 year olds, YouTube videos, guys and girls. And the guys, like he thought the guys were less interesting is what he said, because all they would talk about on their YouTube channels were like Fortnite and call of duty. And he was like, I don't want to like, he just thought that would make not as good, not as good of a movie because the girls were talking more about life and like having anxiety and stuff. Whereas the guys were just like talking about sports and video games. So that was the way he explained it. Right. And he does like a, he does an excellent job, but that's the point is, you know, he spent all this time researching 13 year old girls, YouTube videos. <laughs> so he should be arrested. Is, like, isn't that should just kind isn't it just kind of <laughs> creepy? Like, imagine if you're just a filmmaker, like this is your first film. I feel like you made it more sexual than people would be like, this is weird. Right. But he did the movies not, there's like sexual things in the movie, but they're that he's like, it's more of like, talk about how other people are creepy not himself i don't know it, but okay not it's not creepy in a sexual way it just is creepy in like i don't know just getting in that mindset of a 13 year old girl so well you know like why i don't know it just it's kind of strange to me especially if if it was like one of many films and he's able to do that with like lots of other characters and situations 
then fine. But this was <laughs> his first and only film so, so far. So do you think he'll be less weirded out when he makes more films? Or what if they're all about eighth grade get- girls? <laughs> I don't know. You don't think it's weird at all. Like you don't think it's a little strange. If it was a bad movie, I would think it's strange. Like if I, if I gave this movie like two two and a half stars, like I gave the gentleman, I would I that would probably be a big reason why. Like Jonah Hill, have you seen mid nineties? No, he made a he made one not about a thirteen year old girl, but a thirteen year old boy, and in the movie, like this college aged girl is like. There's just this spoilers from mid nineties, but there's this very weird scene, very weird and sexual scene where this college girl is letting this like 12 year old, 13 year old boy, like, like have sex with her. And I'm just so weirded out. Me and Miriam were both very weirded out by that scene. Um, it's just like out of nowhere. And like, I mean, I know it happens, but it was just weird to watch this 12 year old boy like drink, like getting insanely drunk, insanely high, and then like hooking up with college girls. I'm more weird, and I did not like that movie. I'm more weirded out by that one than this one. If there was more sexuality in eighth grade, I would be weirded out by it. Um, but I don't know. I just see like, I feel like anyone could, if anyone watched, like he nailed, but he nailed, I don't know, Bo Burnham nails how like eighth graders act. Cause even I, I can kind of relate to, to Elsie in eighth grade because I made like some stupid video in eighth grade on YouTube and people made fun of me for it when I went into ninth grade. I remember. Wait, what video did I see? You might've seen it. It was just like some stupid, like it was exactly like eighth grade style video, like almost exactly like that, like recorded on photo booth on my Mac like just trying to be like a YouTuber, how YouTubers were then with like jump cuts, talking to a camera about like their day or whatever. And it was just like, so I'm such a bad video. Um, but I feel like you could, I feel like it feels like almost everyone's doing that in eighth grade. Now, if you go to YouTube, (laughs) I wonder what he looked, what do you think he looked up on YouTube? Do you think he just like looked up random topics and then like sorted it by least views? <laughs> least like views? Sorted it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Like, do you think he ever felt weird like spending this much time just looking at 13 year old girls vlogs? Probably. Because you're right. He did nail it. And it's kind of weird that he nailed it. <laughs> that like he was able to occupy this much of his mind towards 13 year old girls vlogs. Yeah. Right. Even if it's not in a sexual way, just getting into that level of maturity and especially not even like a a boy, like a girl also, because they're the ones that make these vlogs and stuff. That's why he didn't pick boys, because when you're when we're 13 year old boys, we're just like making jokes about shit (laughs) and watching John LaJoey videos. You know what I mean? It's very simple. John LaJoey is so good. (laughs) One of his songs came up in my shuffle the other day and I was like, this is classic. Uh, Can't believe he doesn't make songs anymore. Uh, yeah, I guess it is kind of, like, I don't, do you think he still does it? I think he was just doing it cause he wanted to make a movie, but filmmakers are weird. I'm, I, I bet he doesn't still do it, but now he has this cult audience and this following and all these fans that are like young girls does that he? like relate to him and look up to him. I'm sure. Yeah. I, I saw somebody that liked your review 
what got me thinking about this is someone liked your review that seems like just like a 13 year old girl <laughs> that was going through going through five star reviews of eighth grade that's not true at all thinking you <laughs> the know the person how who liked my review is George Sawa's girlfriend Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. I didn't. I didn't do any investigation. I just saw yeah. the profile picture and didn't know them and thought it's it was because a her profile picture looks just like the like cover of the movie, right? <laughs> it looks. It looks just Maybe. like Elsie. I, I, it looks I don't just like the main character. Uh, but yeah, she. <laughs> that is, she is a uh, an adult woman okay. who also really liked eighth well, grade. Never mind then. Uh, but yeah, that would be. I don't know. I don't know if Bo Burnham, like else, actually the main character was a huge Bo Burnham fan before she even met Bo Burnham and got into this movie uh, because I watched it with commentary and that's what she said in the com- in the DVD commentary thing. So that's, that was interesting. If So yeah, if you were a content creator and your, t- your main audience was, you know, 12, 13 year old girls, would you feel strange yes. about that? Like... Do you think, I don't know. There are people like, obviously, Jake and Logan Paul, their main, that's their main audience. Um, I don't think they feel weirded out by that because they have no self-awareness and don't give a shit and just want money. <laughs> um, but if I were in that their position, I would immediately try to change my content <laughs> to something. I would like, I'd be like, okay, I already made like a million dollars or whatever off of this type of content. I'm moving on because I don't want this. I don't want these people to be my fans anymore. I'm weirded out by, I would rather my fans be like people I want to like talk to or can like hang out. Like if I'm at a meet and greet and it's with 13 year old girls and I'd like, what am I supposed to talk to them about? Or like, like I'd rather like, I'd rather be like Jake and Amir and like we met them at a meet and greet and be able to like bro out with my fans. Um, instead of, being a 13 year old girl, I have to take a picture with and can't talk with at all because it, I can't relate to these people. And they're, yeah, we're just going to accuse you of being a pedophile if they like, yeah, don't. because they're like, yeah, I don't know. Like when it, especially when it's Jake and Logan Paul, like obviously most of those girls are into Jake and Logan Paul because they're like attracted to them um, on a physical level. Like they think they're hot. Um, so it's like weird. It's weird to, to like be taking money from people because they think you're hot and they're like young people who don't understand what to do when they think people are hot. So you're like taking advantage of the fact of that fact is weird. Yeah. There's a really good South Park episode about that. How Disney does that with the Jonas brothers. Yeah. yeah. And then gives them purity <laughs> rings so that like they don't know that they're selling sex to little girls. Yeah, exactly. basically. <laughs> yeah. So weird. Anyway. Okay, that was long enough that it basically okay. is my correct information. But I have another good one too. Well, that you can save it. it. Um, I guess, but it's fresh. We could mind. record two episodes today if you want to do that. Oh yeah, actually we, we should. Or an extra we should episode. because I am going to be in New York next weekend. All right. Okay. Let's do that. So yeah, we'll record, record another one. Okay. Let me do my correct me if I'm wrong then. Um, and mine has to do with work because that's what's fresh on my mind. Um, but yeah, and it's also an argument I had with my coworker, um, not like a heated argument. I'm friends with my coworkers, right? I'm not a dick, but, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, no, no workplace should have cubicles. I'm cubicles are so feel so archaic. They feel like such 
an old timey way to like say like, oh, this is how we get people to focus on their work. But uh, in reality, Cubicle just makes me feel mentally like shit, honestly. Like I just, they make me feel like I need, I want a social aspect to work. Um, and I know people are like the reason that are cubicles. So you can't talk to your coworkers all day. We have cubicles at eventually we're moving out of cubicles, which I'm so excited about. But for now we're in cubicles and I am just like, it feels like I am so secluded and it's so just annoying to, to sit there like walls all around me working and like I have no, it just feels like I'm alone. And that feeling feels just, just bad to me. I don't like it. It made me like depressed the first half of the week. I was especially in like a new job where I didn't know anyone. There felt like, felt like there was no way I could meet them or like socially be with them. Cause I'm just, it feels like I'm, a, I am alone in this little cube. Okay. So I've never worked in a cubicle. All the cubicles I've seen have definitely looked pretty depressing. Um, also, just in movies and TV shows, whenever there's a cubicle, it's usually associated with uh, just a bad job, like an unhappy yeah. work experience, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, like a popular thing in tech companies like Facebook and stuff, they did all this like open concept office where everybody sits at tables and whatever, even like the CEO, I think. Um, they did that because it's actually cheaper. Yeah, it is. You know, like more people fit in. And I don't I don't think it's proven to increase productivity. Uh, some people like it. You lose out on privacy. Do you ever need privacy when you're working? Um, yeah. Well, so if as a video editor, most if I were like, at Echo Fox, we had our own offices because you needed them um, because you usually want to edit with like speakers and not headphones just just because it's easier to monitor audio levels with your with your speakers because most people are going to be listening like on a phone speaker or not with headphones. So you want to do that. Um, and usually when you edit audio with speakers, it translates to headphones good too. So... As a video editor, we don't have. We're, I'm not going to have my own office at at Boston Uprising at this new job uh, because it's with the Patriots, and the Patriots are not going to give someone they just hired like a, a, their own office because they everyone else is working there. People for the Patriots, they're marketing people. There's so many people in this office office where Echo Fox was basically just the content team and the players, um, so we were able to have an office. Um. Wait, what was the question you asked again? I can't remember. Oh, do I need privacy? Um, so, like, you kind of need privacy, but I'm not going to get privacy. The only way I'm going to get privacy... Oh, I unplugged my thing. Um, the only way I'm going to get privacy is... is um, in that cubicle, I guess, which I don't really need. I'm going to be wearing headphones anyway because there's no way I can play on on, this, on my speakers in a cubicle or if I'm just in a room with people or just at a table. I'm always going to have headphones, so I don't. That's like my privacy is putting on these headphones. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't usually need privacy, uh, but like if I ever go on my phone... You know, it's just like, I don't want 
people to see like I'm going yeah, on my phone so. at work, I guess, or just like, um, I did have sort of my own office accidentally for a while. Did I tell you the office story? I think yeah, I said it on the maybe. podcast before. I think I've heard it before. Yeah. So I, I, that was really nice. Um, if offices are set up in a way where people are like coming, coming and going a lot, then it's nice. But otherwise, yeah, I would still prefer open concept over cubicles because cubicles just like set. Like if you work in a cubicle, it just like feels bad. Yeah. I mean, just like right now, maybe down the line when I've gotten to know my coworkers, I would rather be private and like, and stuff like that. But right now, like I want to meet these people and I want to talk to them and like hang out with them. Like, and if I, like it's it's unacceptable for me to like get up, walk over to someone else's cubicle, and just start like chatting up with them because it's a cubicle, and they're, and they're like, "I'm working." Like, why are you? Are you trying to chat up with me right now, <laughs> or something like that? But if it was yeah. like open concept, I could just if I had something to say, I could be like, "Hey," or just throw something out there, you know. Um, which is fine every once in a while. I mean, I see I see other people, especially because my cubicle is like at the end. So behind me is not another cubicle. It's a wall. Whereas like I can hear people talking on the other side of the cubicles because if they turn around, there's someone there that they can talk to. But I have just no, the only people are like to my left and right and our cubicles have like big walls. So I, there's like, it feels like they're not there every once in a while. I'll like hear them like mess around with their like mouse or like start packing things up and I'll be like, oh yeah, people are next to me. Um, because the walls are so like big and it's hard to tell I'm not alone. But eventually we're moving into this room. The Boston Uprising people are. There are only four Boston Upri- Uprising people and we're moving into this room that's just going to have four desks and no like cubicle style things. So I'm very, very excited for that day. And my coworker said he is not because it like depends on some people like really if they're not in a cubicle, they have a lot of trouble working because they'll just talk to people all day or get distracted that's what he said hmm. all right well once you move then uh, you have to let us yeah. know i'll let you know if works. i'm less depressed yeah. um <laughs> but yeah that's any anything else should we just move on to the next app yeah let's record the next step i think this is solid like 47 yeah, minutes here i think we're we're at we're at a good time. Thank you guys uh for listening. Bye. All right. Peace out.